Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. The mail this morning is saying that we can still continue to dream of a white Christmas this year, that we could get a white Christmas according to weather forecasts. Mind you, they say that every year. There's always a chance. Now, the forecasters are saying, according to the paper this morning, that it's set to get colder throughout the week, as in next week, and maybe frostier nights, but it's too soon to know anything about snow, so we will have to wait and see. Story on Lee's side this morning that makes the examiner, it makes the echo, and it also makes the the Red Tops, some of the front pages of the Red Tops, including The Sun, is a headline called Twisted Sister, where a woman, a sister, and her ex-fiancé were yesterday found guilty of murdering her brother in a row over a will, in a row over inheritance. San Mooney has the story in The Sun this morning where she, as in Helen Jones, age 54, and her ex, Keith O'Hara, age 43, um, guilty of murdering her older brother, Paul Jones, who was knifed 25 times, whacked so hard with a bill hook at his cork home that he was left with serious brain injuries. So it's a gruesome story. I won't go into the much of the detail about the attack, the, uh, the uh, injuries and his death, but our thoughts are with his family because he was a lovely, lovely man. And it was a row over the property inheritance, their family home. It had been left uh, to the siblings by their dad. Um, with the condition that uh, Helen Jones could live there uh, unless unless she married. And if she was married then, um, she wouldn't live there anymore. And then a deal would be done, I suppose. But there was a side deal done then, apparently, uh, despite that will. Um, and uh, the, the deal would see her get €50,000 from the proceeds. Um, and she felt bullied, she said, by her two siblings. So it's a fairly lengthy case for the last few weeks in the courts and it makes the front pages today. They fell out over the inheritance of the house. She didn't give any evidence and didn't go into the dock uh, during the court case, but uh, Keith O'Hara did. I may well come back to that later on, but the jury concluded yesterday. Um, uh, and uh, and uh, we have the... We have the result this morning with regards to um, sentencing. Um, also, uh, loathe them to mention it. They are talking about more um, uh, curfew, no, more more restrictions um, in the coming days. Apparently, now what's very annoying about this is that here we go again with more leaks. So it, the indications to me is if Neffet are going to recommend make recommendations uh, to cabinet or perhaps have done so already, somebody has already leaked it all. To the newspapers and you know nothing surprises me because this is constantly being leaked uh, I suppose the leak probably came from politicians but the deal is anyway the dealio is that pubs and restaurants um, if the government um, agree with Neffet pubs and restaurants will close their doors at 5pm um, and this will possibly come into effect on Sunday at midnight so from Monday on pubs and restaurants closed by 5pm. They say they need this uh, change in a drastic attempt to curb Christmas socialising by all accounts. And government sources have said, see see what I mean by a leak, they said that uh, they've been advised to limit all events uh, that uh, do go ahead uh, during the day to 50% capacity or a maximum of a thousand attendees at big events. I don't know who, who in their right mind is doing. I mean, maybe race meetings, I suppose. I don't know. But outdoor events and gatherings will be reduced by 50%. So 50% right across the board and pubs and restaurants, five o'clock. Uh, so that's why the sun this morning is saying is you better watch out. My misery has stricter rules on the way. And the announcement will be made at some stage, they figure. 
today and kick in on Sunday at midnight. Now, um, I, I'm going to come back to this because surely there is a better way. I'd love your thoughts on it. Text 0868104106. Or perhaps you believe this is the right thing to do. Apparently, UCC students are going to get five free antigen tests to take away with them. Uh, for the Christmas time. I think that's a great idea. It certainly is a positive idea and it focuses their mind, if nothing else. I hope to God they use them. And then the granny that's constantly before the courts was up in court again in Bandon yesterday. This is Margaret Buttimer, makes the front of the mirror. She's 66 years old and never, ever came before uh, the guardie, the courts, and never, ever broke the law until um, this issue regarding not wearing a mask came into her life. And she's a repeat anti-mask granny as the mirror caller today and she'll spend Christmas in prison after receiving a six-month term for willful disregard of others. She was abandoned yesterday. Apparently um, she um, refused to leave a restaurant despite being asked 15 times. Guards were called and the rest is history. And Judge James McNulty had her before his court yesterday and he heard several cases against Buttermer in the past who was without convictions until COVID, as I say. I believe that she's out on appeal and has set a bond and things like that and has appealed the sentence. So I don't know what's going to happen there. But another another interesting story that we dealt with on the air is the story of um, Hussein, uh, Nadim Hussein. Um, I interviewed him on the air some weeks ago. Nice guy, lovely guy, uh, loves Cork and wants to stay. And he went on hunger strike. And he now has been told that he has permission to stay in Ireland. And of course, he had been living at the Kinsale Road Accommodation Centre and ended up in hospital because he was off food and what have you and then went back to the Kinsale Road Direct Provision Centre where he's lived since 2019. But because of his protestations and because he didn't take it lightly or lying down, he's been granted permission to remain in Ireland. Lovely, lovely update on the Docklands story. Now, we know of O'Callaghan Properties and all they're planning to do. And Owen English in the examiner this morning reminds us of the 350 million regeneration plan for a hundred for 4.6 acre site down in Kennedy Key. The hundreds of millions that will be spent to build a big hospital, a private hospital, um, 450,000 square feet of office buildings. You're looking at um, repurposing and, uh, you know, the Odlums Mills unit, and that will be lots and lots of apartments. There's going to be a cinema down there, food halls, office space, all sorts of stuff. 5,000 jobs will be created. And it looks like the dockers will get uh, commemorated because before council last night, there was cross-party support uh, to plan capture and commemorate the rich industrial and social history of the Docklands which is earmarked for massive redevelopment. So that's good news, that's optimistic news that the Dockers won't be forgotten. In an effort to save the planet and save um, our ecosystem um, there's big changes on the way with regards to uh, waste and the Independent this morning says there'll be a ban on wet, wet wipes, they'll go the little hotel mini toiletries the single sachets of sugar and brown and red sauce all could be banned Um, to cut down on waste. Uh, They're also saying that they want to force uh, and change the way supermarkets sell vegetables, where they would be forced to sell fruit and veg loose and cheaper than the packaged versions of fruit and veg. So that's kind of interesting. One or two other stories that I'll come back to a little later on this morning. But on a lighter note, uh, Bruce Springsteen has sold all of his back catalogue. He joins the likes of David Bowie, Bob Dylan, Tina Turner and Neil Young. He sold all of his music because of course he wrote most of his own music so therefore stands on a sits on a huge uh, stash of cash for half a billion euro 500 sorry I should say 500 million dollars it's big money like throwing apples into an orchard throwing that money into his bank account but I suppose he's securing 
future generations of the Springsteen family. The Neil Prenderville Show. Good morning, all lines open at one 106 as we continue the Christmas spirit. Some more great Christmas songs for you again across the morning. Christmas stories to share. A lot of lovely nostalgia. And yesterday, very busy at Christmas time, our own Seamus, he was up at uh, Mount St. Joseph's on Blarney Street. I told you that he would be because the share residents were receiving their hampers, they were getting their Christmas dinners from the students of Cork Secondary Schools, all of the hard work the students of Share do. And he spoke with some of the residents about their Christmas memories. Some lovely people, like Ethna. Really, it's the Christmas tree. And it was always in our drawing room and um, it wasn't put up until Christmas week. And um, we were hardly allowed to see it until Christmas Day because the presents are obviously behind the couch and I suppose they were terrified we might go poking. So it would be the Christmas tree, the firelit, having had a breakfast, and I really mean a breakfast, a big fry and everything, been to three masses, <laughs> one after the other, back have our breakfast and then into this Aladdin's cave. There were five of us in the family and it was just magic my father was very fond of classical music and he'd have on choirs or he'd have on an opera or whatever and depending on our age of course we'd help mum with um, getting potatoes 40 potatoes because we'd have Auntie Molly and Uncle Tommy and God knows who for the dinner and then afterwards we didn't sing songs we were a very unmusical family for a father who loved the opera but we played games, cards and stuff. And it was just a very quiet day, really. I loved it. And would you go visit Santa in town or I don't I don't ever remember visiting Santa. I think that must have come in after I was kind of a bit older. It wasn't like nowadays where they throw the Christmas tree up straight after Halloween. No. Absolutely not. Takes the magic away, really. Um, what sort of Christmas presents would you have gotten from Santa? I remember getting skates. That would be a big one. Uh, games, normally, and my father was interested in jewellery. We had lots of marquisite things. <laughs> but mostly games. I got a bike, I got skates. That's it. There was no computers or anything at the time. It's kind so of a simpler it was time so, wasn't it? It was lovely, really. And what do you make of Christmases now? I feel sorry that they come in so early and that they're so kind of gaudy. Do you know, there's very little emphasis on, well, you can see I like um, having Jesus around, and there's very little emphasis on the religious aspect of Christmas, which is... Do you know what it's all about? So you think that we, we've lost our connection to the, the real meaning of Christmas? I do, I do. And I think people are very pressurised to spend a lot of money and because of television, children know what's available and want and want. And unfortunately, that's what they get. There's no question of, well, do you know, maybe you should think of the child who has nothing, Vincent de Paul and you know, maybe give a little bit there and not look for so much for yourself. Now, that's asking children to be saints. But if they believe in their guardian angels and things, they'll want to do that. And how do you plan on spending Christmas this year? Oh, sure, I'm spoilt. I'll go to my daughters. And I have two other daughters and their etc. 
and um, we'll have turkey. No, we'll have chicken. We were actually talking about what we'd have. I'm to get the ham and cook it, so I'll do that. Bring it along. Can it be Certainly is being Bing Crosby and David Bowie and Peace on Earth. That's a lovely chat. We'll be chatting with more of the residents in different share homes uh, across uh, next week and that's something nice to look forward to and their Christmas memories and how life is for them now. Uh, Actually, we were chatting yesterday about all sorts of things Christmassy and at one stage, one of the conversations drifted off into uh, saying the rosary and um, um, I was wondering, do many people anymore, particularly younger people, say the rosary? A lovely short text in from Fergal in Balancholic. He said, I heard you on the radio wondering if young people still go to confession or say the rosary. Well, I'm 27 and I still regularly go to confession, as do a few, a good few of my practicing Catholic friends, should I say, practicing Catholic friends in Cork. And they're all around my own age, as in mid to late 20s. Happy Christmas. God bless you all, says Fergal in Balancholic. So that answers my question. Mind you, uh, I did get into a bit of hot water where the texter who said, uh, I apparently said in conversation yesterday that we kneel down and lean up against the chair with their elbows up on it and rattle off the rosary. And somebody says, rattle it off? That's very disrespectful. Do you believe in the real Christmas at all? Uh, so somebody took offence to the use of the term rattle. Um, another person says, I was skitting regarding your conversations about the rosary. Every May and every November, we had to set up the altar and the full rosary was said just after dinner at home and before six o'clock Angelus and the news. There was nine of us and we were all put around the sitting room facing the wall. Invariably, someone got the giggles and would we be trying so hard not to laugh as you get some puck from Mammy if you did. Uh, when my dad was dying last year, we were all about him saying copious amounts of rosaries and lo and behold, the giggles started again. But on this occasion, we could all do nothing but laugh till we cried. No pucks from Mammy then. Such fond memories, says Carmel. Thank you for that. I love those kind of texts. Appreciate it. Text 0868104106. Just ahead of the, the break, can I just mention, there's a story in the mail this morning that's very, very interesting because it's the story of a Kerry man who way back in the day was actually in County Cork. And Michael D. Higgins has now uh, pardoned this man who was wrongfully hanged for a murder that was carried out a hundred and 27 years ago, going back to um, a long, long time ago, back to 1895. Um, a man by the name of John Twist makes the papers today. He was convicted of murdering James Donovan in 1895. He was 35 when he died, and his hanging at the time led to a public outcry, and he was widely to believe to be innocent. Now, he's only the fifth presidential pardon granted in this country since 1937. Of course, um, it clears his name and his family and relations down through the generations will be relieved. But the man was still robbed of his life at a very young age. Apparently, the man that died, uh, James Donovan, was the caretaker of a farm uh, from which a family had recently been evicted. Uh, And this was near Newmarket in County Cork. And he was beaten and shot in the arm and subsequently died. And poor old John Twist was convicted of the murder only on the basis of being identified not in the first identity parade, but in a second identity parade by a young child uh, who eventually identified him in the second identity parade while he was being flanked by two police officers. So the kid, they figure, was clearly nervous, wanted to do the right thing, may have been coerced by the police at the time to pick 
Twiss, and he did. And Twiss was hanged. It's an amazing story that makes the papers today, and I'm reading it from the mail. I pass it on for your interest. Uh, lines open at one 106 we got calls on the way. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. On a free food Friday again this Friday, your opportunity to scoop pizza for up to 15 of you. And you can have it delivered at your home this weekend if you're ordering pizza, Oak Fire Pizza, or Clonakilty, Bandon, Princess Street, Gillabby Street, and Douglas. So I need you to text who you are and where you are. You know the drill if you're a regular listener. Text who you are and where you are to 086-8104-106 and you could win some of the big, big, big pizzas. The six large, large pizzas with the garlic bread, the potatoes, the drinks, the dips and desserts. Now it'll feed 15 of you. So get texting and we'll start those shoutouts around about 10 minutes to 10 this morning and do it across the morning. All right. So text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. And while all that's happening, of course, we also have another super prize for you this morning, courtesy of the Blue Haven Collection. Today we feature a bottomless brunch for six people to enjoy at Vicky's in Sunday's Well. Now, Vicky's is a beautiful kitchen and garden in Sunday's Well. It really is gorgeous and beautiful part of the city. Nice way to get there if you want to have a couple of drinks is uh, walk through Fitzgerald's Park, over the shaky bridge and up into Sunday's Well. So, bottomless brunch for six of you to enjoy in the sheltered walled gardens amongst the suburban style of Vicky's in Sunday's Well. It sounds very inviting, doesn't it? So that's all to come as well this morning, and I'll tell you some more about that in the next half hour. Lines are open at one 106 particularly if you have any thoughts or opinions on this Neffet recommendation that has yet again been leaked, where they're saying, and when it's announced, it probably will come into effect Sunday at midnight, that pubs and restaurants and all indoor events should shut early, and they're indicating at this stage that pubs and restaurants will close from Monday at 5 p.m. every single day. Now, surely be to God, I was just thinking about this earlier, surely be to God there is an easier way to do it. Like, what? I mean, I don't know whether it could be done now or anybody even thought about. What if, it, what if for instance, everybody that wanted to go into a, a restaurant and a pub, notwithstanding now that you would need to be fully vaccinated to do so, all respect to those who aren't vaccinated for your own particular reasons, But let's say you did want to go in. Why wouldn't they say, "Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to insist on um, a two euro antigen test uh, at the door uh, of the pub or the restaurant. Uh, We're going to insist that you pay a fiver to the restaurant or the pub um, to actually do the test because they have to put a staff member or two staff members in. The turnaround time of the antigen test might be 10 or 15 minutes. You go for a walk around the block and you come back and either you're positive or you're negative or you go in or you don't. Then you could have pubs and restaurants full, couldn't you? Because every single person inside there would all be negative because they'd have taken a very fast, rapid, five or 10 minute turnaround antigen test. I don't know whether I'm talking through my hat or not, but I don't know whether anybody ever thought of doing something like that. I don't think it would be chaotic. I think if somebody wanted to go in somewhere of a Tuesday or a Wednesday night, they probably would go for a walk around the block, wouldn't they? You'd hang around for five or ten minutes to see, wouldn't you? If you really wanted to go, but other than that, I don't know what you could do. Anyway, text 0868104106, pick up the phone on 1850104106. But all things Cork, lads, um, it's very interesting because this week, um, Elio Byrne, the journalist with Tripe and Dusheen, has done a right old deep deep dive. And I read her long read online this morning on Tripe and Dusheen into um, the Coca-Cola bikes or what used to have been the Coca-Cola bikes because I think the sponsorship is gone now and has been for some years. But it 
makes for fairly alarming reading with regards to the bikes. Now, I suppose as we head into the winter, maybe there's a dip in the amount of people that actually use those bikes. But the state of the bikes, apparently, the state of them, um, you know, those that are needing repair, those that are missing or can't be found, those with broken gears, broken lights, broken seats, the card kiosk broken and broken and not working. And I also found in our deep dive that uh, you won't believe this, but the cost to maintain each of those bikes every year is, wait for it, 1,380 euro. Ellie joins me by phone per bike. Ellie, good morning. Uh, can you hear me all right? Apologies, there you are. Ellie, can you hear me now? I can, yeah. 1,380 euro to maintain each bike per year and 20% of them can't be accounted for? Yes. I know it is an extraordinary thing. I got tipped off to this story when um, somebody sent me a photograph of a very large number of bikes that are Coca-Cola branded because obviously the Coca-Cola sponsorship elapsed in 2019. But there's a huge number of these bikes being stored in a warehouse somewhere close to Cork City Centre that still haven't been rebranded and that are still out of circulation. This is a shocking, shocking phone. You're not on a speakerphone or anything, no? No, I'm okay. not. Okay. No, no. Okay. Well, I'll try moving around a bit. How many, how many bikes do we actually have? Well, we're supposed to have 320 bikes. That was what the original deal was supposed to be with the 320 bikes. Am I, am I a little bit better? Not there? the greatest in the world, but I'll endeavour to carry on and see if it improves. Go on. Okay, sorry about that. Um, but when I counted, so here's the interesting thing. Somebody told me that on the website, there's a little live map. So, you know, if you sign up for the scheme with the TFI, with the Transport Authority, uh, there's a live map on the website. Yeah. And so what I did was I thought Storm Barra was a fantastic opportunity because I knew that nobody would be out cycling the bikes around the place. So during Stormbarra, I sat down and I manually counted the number of bikes listed on the live website as being at all the individual points. And what I counted was that there were 262 bikes. So where did the other nearly 60 bikes go? Well, uh, since I wrote the story, the National Transport Authority did eventually get back to me. Because if you read the story, you'll see this. Uh, there were problems there initially with getting them to respond in time for the article. And um, what they told me and uh, is this: uh, the contract that they have with this company called Telforce Limited, which is the company that maintains the bikes, yeah. is not per bike. I presumed that this contract would mean that Telforce had to have 320 bikes circulating in Cork City to get the maintenance money that they that they were due because the maintenance money was listed as being, as you said, €1,380 of maintenance money per bike per year. But the National Transport Authority has come back to me this morning, actually, and has told me that uh, the contract is not on a per-bike basis, which I really don't understand because then surely the company could decide that they only want to put 50 out and they could get the same money for it. Mm. I just don't don't really understand how that could work at all. Mm, mm, so, mm. so yeah, so the, it turned out that there were 20% less bikes in circulation than it says on the TFI website. But then I was just too curious. You know me, I'm always off counting things and taking pictures around the place. And so what I did was I actually went around the city and went to the individual stands myself 
And then what I discovered is that the web, the website and the live map on the website doesn't have much bearing on what's actually at the stands when you go to the stands. Is there ever a shortage of bikes when people go and look for one and they aren't there, though? I'd love to know that because I did discover at a lot of the stands where I went and manually counted the bikes, I was standing there with the phone in my hand looking at the map and the map would say there are six bikes present at this at these stands and in front of me there'd be two bikes at the stand. Wow, makes no so sense. So I'd love to hear if there's any listeners who want to get in touch with me who have stories about this because obviously I quoted Councillor Colette Finn in the article who said that she got so frustrated with the scheme that she hasn't been using it recently. She got frustrated because she said what I said already about broken gears, broken taillights, seats that wouldn't go up and down, just the general condition of the bikes and also cards not working at the kiosk. I think that for a scheme like this to work, it has to be 100% reliable. You need to be able to, you know, say you have a meeting across town, you work in an office in the city centre, you need to be able to get out, hop on a bike at a stand, know that those bikes are available at that stand, go across town, know that you're not going to encounter problems with the maintenance of the bike. And what's really interesting is that the National Transport Authority, because the figures of use of these bikes in all three cities where they are, that's that's Cork, Galway and Limerick, have been dropping year on year. Now, why is that? Why is it the amount of people that use those bikes peaked five years ago? Well, the National Transport Authority came out in 2019 with the reason that uh, in Cork that the bike scheme had been dropping off because the bus service had improved. Okay, but it had anything to do with the fact that people got their own bikes or that the quality of the bikes left a lot to be desired? No, no acknowledgement of those issues whatsoever. And a lot of people took issue with that explanation. For starters, as Colette mentioned in the article, how could they even do that? Did they do a survey of bus users to find that out? So it sounds like conjecture in the first place, but I've also spoken to a couple of experts who work with bike schemes in other cities in Europe where they function extremely effectively uh, who said to me, that's not how it works at all because the transport system is integrated. So actually, when you have more bus users, that's more people who just decide to get on the on the city's rental bikes and hop across town. To go so, across town, yeah. But yeah, it, it, yeah. it doesn't answer so the question as to why you would check a station where there were six bikes listed on the website, but there was only two bikes there. I mean, where are the other... F- there, do you think any of the bikes are stolen? Well, here's the other thing, and this is a bit of an exclusive for you, because again, I only got the NCA to, to conf- the National Transport Authority to confirm for me uh, uh, this morning, uh, but there is no GPS system in the Irish bike scheme. Okay. And so that's extremely unusual. So somebody could just take it home. <laughs> I don't want to be saying those things on air in case it causes a spike. Oh, no, but I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, potentially, there's no tracking system if somebody just legged it with a bike. There is no tracking system in those bikes, even though there were was originally, I believe, supposed to be a tracking system in those bikes, which is a whole different story. But there is no GPS system. And the NTA tell me that that's because there were worries about uh, privacy rights and stuff like that. Okay, okay. So um, how much, how much is, uh, like who picks up the tab then at the end of the day? Who pays 
for the maintenance, who pays the company to maintain them, who paid for the bikes. I know that Coca-Cola back in the day divvied up three million, but it cost eight million to set it up. So who's paying all along now? City is Our it? taxes are paying. Yeah. yeah. So, and now that Coca-Cola is out of the picture, uh, the National Transport Authority, under the branding of TFI, um, are picking up the entire tab. So they're rebranding the bikes. You'll see that at the moment in town. There's a mix of TFI branded and Coca-Cola Zero branded bikes in circulation at the moment. And how much does a ride cost then? Well, in that initial five years, so obviously, you know, the cost of installing, you know, you see them in town, the grey bollards that the bikes have to be attached to and the kiosk where you have to enter your information and that type of thing, that's very costly, obviously. So the initial contract, the five-year contract uh, to install, but including the maintenance of all the bikes, um, and this is across the three cities uh, that they're in operation in, was over $8 million. So, so Coca-Cola Zero picked up $3 million of that tab, and the rest was funded by the National Transport Authority. And the cost then to use them, what does that work out? Is it very well, cheap? So over, over that first five years, and I thought this was extraordinary, um, over that first five years, per journey in Cork, it cost €2.57 per journey in Cork. For in during that first five year period. Now, in the second five year period, it's only the maintenance. So the National Transport Authority is paying out just over a million in maintenance fees. But again, it now appears that that's for a no, not for a specific number of bikes, with no guarantee on the number of bikes. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you wanted to take the bike in the morning, could you keep it all day for that two euro odd? And now, I'm not a user of the scheme, actually. I have my own lovely bike, and as you might remember, I'm really, really excessively tall, so I have a really <laughs> large frame bike that I had to order specially, so I don't find them comfortable. I've had a couple of spins on them, but I actually don't use them, and I, I, I love my own bike very dearly. So um, I know that there's, a, that there's a little tariff then when you go above a certain... I mean, the annual sign-up, to be fair, is... Some people have told me is too cheap. I think it's between 10 and 12 euros, as far as I know, for an annual subscription to what, the scheme. What I do see, just finally, is that the popularity is waning and waning quite rapidly since uh, COVID came along. It just falls off the charts completely in April of 2020. And this is a very interesting one, Neil. Would you imagine that 2020, with all of the actual lockdowns we had then, would have lower figures, or would you imagine 2021 would? It's hard to know, really. I mean, people just clearly just hunker down, and you can see it. I imagine the same for all different businesses, but certainly anybody that needed to move around literally stopped, and you can see that. I mean, April of 2020, it just completely plateaus, like as if hardly anyone was using a bike or getting out and about. Well, I have uh, some fresh figures for you there as well. So in 2020... I think I had this, I made some infographics in the article about the usage, the annual usage. So there there were 81,000 journeys um, by these bike rentals in Cork City uh, in uh, 2020. But up until the end of November 21, there were just under 50,000. So even post-COVID, even this year, when in theory we had more people 
going back to workplaces. Didn't really recover. Like no. The pattern is still downwards. Didn't really recover. Okay, mm. the full the full article and the full read is on Tripe and Trishine this week. Would you say finally that we're getting value for money? I mean, I'm going to leave that up to listeners to decide, really. But I mean, I, I, I think that a functioning and efficient bike rental scheme for any modern European city should be really a pretty standard, really important part of of our, our our transport, our way of moving around, our mobility plan for the city, and it would be lovely to see this be able to, you know, have its problems solved and for it to be able to pick back up again and become a viable part of our, our city transport. Good stuff. Thanks for taking the call, as can always. I just, uh, yeah. Can I just give a shout out to our social media in case people want to? It's at Rasheen on Twitter, or we're on Tripe and Rasheen on Instagram or on Facebook, and our website is www.tripeandregime.substack.com. And there's always something great to read in there. Thanks, Ellie. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Happy Christmas, Ellie O'Byrne, journalist with Tripe and Rasheen. Lines open at 1850-104-106. Don't know whether you use the bikes or not. Love to hear from you. Back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at NeilRedFM. And you can text 0868-104-106. Another couple of gift ideas for um, uh, Robert. Uh, somebody says, why not name a star for your wife? There are some official websites where you can actually do that, where it'll be recorded. Get your wife a star in the sky and you can sit around and enjoy watching it together. I got a lovely contact actually uh, online from Tracy Cakes, Morning Tracy, um, on my own Instagram and she said, the Christmas shopping list, it's a graphic really, uh, so I can't really do it justice. I'll share it on my own Instagram, you can have a look. She was saying, that poor man only needed to buy one person, his wife, a gift. Suggestion, how about he does the Christmas present shopping for his wife? She'd be delighted with it. And then she breaks down the graph between what dads and mums have to buy for the run-up to Christmas present-wise. And in dad's section, it just says wife's gift. But in mom's section, it says kids, husband, grandma, grandpa, siblings, many of them, many aunts, many uncles, many in-laws, many cousins, many neighbours, many teachers, mailmen, um, babysitters, co-workers, every freaking person you know. And ma'am does all of that, while dad has only got to do one thing. I asked you to do one thing, and you couldn't get it right. So thanks for that, Tracy. It does put things in perspective. Text 0868 if you want to get involved. I need to go to the phone lines because Sarah's waiting in age. Sarah, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are uh, you? I hear your mam is sick in the A&D, is she? Yeah, she's in there now 21 hours. My nerves are shot. Why? Uh, she's in there with her heart. Her heart rate's gone very fast. Her doctor actually referred her there. She's a nurse herself, and she's in there 21 hours. I sent you an email. There's fo- I sent you photos and email. There's blood on the floor around her. Dirt. She said it's crawling. I see. F- I don't have an email, but I certainly see photographs of what looks like blood around the floor. Yeah, there's blood around the floor where she's sitting. She's been sitting in a chair for 21 hours. The last time she was checked by a nurse. It was a half nine last night, and she works in the COH. Oh my, and when you say her her, her heart, what what is she like having palpitations? Is it racing? Yeah, or? she's having serious palpitations. Um, and they're just not doing anything. Um, I actually a nurse whispered in her ear yesterday. I think it was around seven o'clock that they think it's after she got her booster. Nobody knows. Like, wow, really. Yeah, that's what was whispered, and my mum was very surprised. Um, 
She was very shaken, especially that it was whispered and the nurse said to my mum to make sure to say to the doctor. And tell me, tell me this, um, before the booster shot, obviously she had the two jabs and this was the booster, was she perfect? No, um, honestly, I didn't even want to make it about the vaccine. I wanted to make it about that she's in there and she's not being treated properly. But whenever she got the first one, she started getting sensations in her right leg. And since then, she has been uh, suffering. Like, But it was after, since then, she's been suffering with autoimmune stuff, kind of. She'd been a flare-up, but she would have been sick before with stuff like that. So she had and stuff before the vaccines and everything, conditions? Yeah, yeah, but she never had anything with her heart at all. But the nurse said, I'm only following up on what she said, the nurse whispered in her ear, it could be something to do with the booster, make sure yeah, you mention you're wearing a booster. The, the nurse whispered that in her ear. So 21, all right, okay. So 21 hours, um, just sitting there, she's not on a trolley or lying flat or anything? No, she's not on a trolley or anything. She actually sent me a photo, I should have sent it in. Um, there, there's like these kind of, do you know if you go into the shop now, there's those glass panels. They're, yeah, yeah, they're segregated she's units. sitting in a chair like that and she's using she brought in a little um, she brought in some clothes and stuff in the bag and she's using the bag to put her legs up on as if she's sleeping she's had no sleep she's still having heart palpitations last time a nurse checked her her blood pressure was sky high and they're doing nothing but they must be doing something in there are they flat out I mean you're clearly not in there so is it is it very busy my mum said no what happened is um she said that, the, like, all the stalls were full. And from what she could see, there was 47 stalls. And then she said this morning, she thinks something must have happened. Because this morning, um, it just got manic, busy again. Did it? Yeah. She just said, I mean, I'm the nurse herself, like, so she'd have some sort of idea, you know, that way. She said there must have been an accident or something. Gotcha. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So when the stalls are full, where do they put people? They're just sitting in the stalls. The stalls were full with people, 47 people. And after that, when people continue to come in and there are no stalls to put them in, one wonders where do they go? I have no clue. I, I, I assume, I like, my mum's nurse really wants her, a doctor really wants her to be admitted for a lot of further tests that a doctor can't just do like you know a GP that a GP can't I do I know I understand that but up to 21 hours later has she been seen by a doctor at all? No she hasn't been seen by a doctor and that's what I was going to say there I'm, I'm going to assume that they're going to send her home as soon as the doctor sees her Yeah um, but the blood on the floor surely that's a, a cleaning department issue you know why Why would that be left there all of those blood spatters? I've no like my mum said it's absolutely chaotic in there now she said it's not even chaotic, like as in people, you know, but like the dark in there and it's just so unmanaged. She said she's appalled and she walks there herself. She said she's she's in there. She's so disheveled. She hasn't slept in 21 hours. What did she do for food or tea or something to eat? Someone actually came. She didn't eat no since for the last 21 hours, except for an hour ago, I think a food trolley came around and gave her a bit of toast. In 21 hours, a bit of toast. Yeah, 21 hours, a bit of toast. And she's a nurse. And I'm not trying to keep saying she's a nurse, but like, if all the nurses ended up getting sick or something and they're not being treated, how can nurses help people like us? Well, it's interesting that somebody who works in there as a nurse is now in there as a patient uh, in the A&E. Yeah, and she's not getting help either. Like, so how can she go back to work now? Like, they need her as much as she needs them. And she's been working for them for the COH. For but you need more than a, you need more than. Are you telling me it was only toast in twenty one hours? 
Yeah, I was only toasting 21 and she didn't get dinner last night or anything. No, and I understand that you can't be serving dinner in the A&D. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a nightmare, really. It's like a perfect storm. Could you imagine if we're to believe the numbers that are coming, what the A&E would be like, say, in January then? I know, and she's a mother, like, she's a mother, she's a carer, and coming up to Christmas now, like, she's just dishevelled in there. She's so... It's, it's affecting her mental health now, the way she's being treated in there now, with the blood sitting around her. And she's been sitting still for 21 hours. And, and I'd say eventually her. she'll just feel so fed up that she'll just stand up and walk out. Nearly. I've had there's been a few phone calls already, but um, honestly, Neil, about, I think it was at 7 o'clock in the morning, maybe half past six, she said to me there was supposedly only two of ahead, ahead of her. And here we are now, she still hasn't been seen. All through and the night. Yeah. So you went in there sometime yesterday afternoon then? Yeah, and I can't visit her. Like, her, this is affecting her mental health now. She's mental health issues as well, and I can't go in and visit you. There's no visitors. It not affect anybody's mental health. You of go course. berserk inside and, yeah, there. And no one's taking care of her in there, but I can't go in to sit by her either. Oh, no, it's a disaster. It really and truly is a disaster. Hopefully, at some stage this morning, she'll get admitted and get the tests that she obviously needs. Yeah, my heart's broken. My heart is really broken. And if she's listening, I don't know if she, I doubt she'll be listening now, but she might be listening later. I want to just say to her that she's amazing. She's the most beautiful person on earth, like, and um, it's just an incompetent government, really, and she doesn't deserve it at all. Broken at health all, system, that's what it is. Broken health system. Listen, can you okay. maybe come back to me if you have an update in the next couple of hours? Yeah, I actually will, Neil. Um, will I send an email or will I ring in? Uh, just do both if you want, but certainly yeah. try and ring and see if we and can I'm get... I'm 22 now when I'm living in Spain. I'm only back here short term, like, because I can't cope with what's going on at all. Did you just leave? I just left. I'm, I mean, I just left in, I think, July. I just up and left. No, but you, you left Spain in July or you left here in July? Oh, no, I left to go to Spain in July. Did you? Why? You just had enough? Were you just fed I up? had enough of isolation and... Oh, I just couldn't. And I like I there's a housing crisis. I couldn't move out my own. There was no form of. I couldn't like I couldn't live anymore. Like like I couldn't live here anymore. So it's thousand six hundred if I want to rent somewhere. And in Spain, it's only four hundred euro a month. So you're paying four hundred euro a month as opposed to sixteen, seventeen, eighteen hundred here. So I'm actually me and my partner moved over, so I'm only paying two hundred twenty five euro a month, and we're two minutes from the beach. Do you work and everything over there? I work on Lane. Yeah, I have a business on Lane. Isn't that amazing? Oh my yeah. God, Almighty! Isn't and I that left amazing? And I came back here, and um, I love Ireland. Ireland's one of the most beautiful places on earth. It's so stunning, but it's just the health system and what's going on. Well, it's not my just the health system, but it's the expense of the country as well. Yeah, oh, my heart's broken. So you're back? Are you st- are you there now, or did you come back for Christmas or what? I'm back now. I came back for I came back for a little while. No, I got to go. <laughs> I missed everyone. Are you? You got a little bit homesick. I know. Yeah, Cork Airport's open, so it's like looking coming back for a while. All right. Uh, Listen, um, uh, I'm over time now, but I'll come back to you later in the morning. All right. If you have an update, feel free to give me a bell. Sure. All right. Thanks for Thanks for now, Sarah. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. There's a perfect example of just somebody who just had enough in the summer and said, "No, nah, I'm off. My business is online. I'm going to Spain, where I'll pay uh, instead of sixteen or eighteen hundred a month." Uh, 400 a month and a lot of other things are much much cheaper besides the cost of accommodation back after 10 I'm Rory and I'm Valerie and you can join us for the very best in local national and international sport every weekend on the Big Red Bench that's the Big Red Bench every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM 
And today, a bottomless brunch for six people to enjoy at Vicky's in Sunday's Well. We'll be opening the phone lines. One winner, six people will travel and enjoy the food and indeed the bevies. A bottomless brunch for six of you. Uh, right about ten minutes to midday today. But this is the cue to call. You need to identify the movie again. It has obviously got a Christmas connection. I'll say absolutely nothing about it, but this is the film we need you to identify. Look, Daddy, teacher says All right, I'll play that a couple of times between now uh, and midday and then we'll open the phone lines a little later on. It's a free food Friday for Oak Fire Pizza to te- text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. Some quick shout-outs to everybody at Art Fallon Late Night Pharmacy. Morning to you all, to the radiotherapy secretaries in the Glandor Centre in the CUH. Iris Oxygen are listening this morning on the Waterfall Road. All of the lads are bait, clean and drains and septic tanks all the way through the pandemic. Morning to everybody at Countrywide Drains, to Trevor Toolhire on Victoria Road to all of the staff at Boots Half Moon Street they'd love some pizza well deserved they've had a busy year says Shannon Bridgewater Homes in Black Rocks and Gabriel Special School in Curraheen Blockwall Developments in Ballinglana good morning to you all good morning as well to everybody at the Passport Office on the Mall and they'd love some pizza for lunch today a special hi to everybody at the Passport Office who've been under such pressure over the last couple of years. Irish Express Cargoes in Dublin Hill to everybody at Middleton Co-op, Donovan Life Pharmacy in Balafihan, AP Vaughan Recycling in Tower, Marlborough Trust in Mayfield, Airmed Medical in Mallow, Tighe Hall Motor Parts in Toker, Twilight News, Patrick Street, Paul Street and the bus station all listening, the Weight Wellbeing Clinic in Mallow, everybody at GPT Tool Hire in Little Island, uh, Factory Carpets on the Kinsale Road, all of the lads in Little Island Transport, Haven Bay Nursing Home, just one or two more guys and dolls on the South Main Street, and Kevin McAllen Building Services. Everybody working hard would love some pizza uh, to celebrate the weekend. So text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 106 and we'll get in touch with um, as many texts and emails as we can across the morning. Just on a point there um, with regards to Mark McSharry who who resigned from uh, Fianna Falls some time back. There was a comment that he made over the past couple of days that was quite interesting. I'm not 100% sure how they measure COVID cases as to where they originated from, but he had a statistic where he said that on the 11th of December, um, the uh, amount of positive tests in homes was 12,000, and the amount of those traced to pubs and restaurants was between five and 600. I mean, that's a pretty startling figure, isn't it? But if you came late to the party... Um, it's going to be announced, they say, because it's been leaked, and these leaks are always accurate. But Neffet have recommended that bars and restaurants would close at 5 p.m., and that this would come into effect as soon as possible, but no later than midnight. So it could even be faster than that, but no later than midnight on Sunday. So doesn't that really mean an effective closure of hospitality from Monday of next week? If they all have to close at 5 o'clock, very little hospitality will be done Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday during the day. I mean, there'd be an amount, maybe lunch and stuff like that. But really, it, the festivities and the hospitality and people doing any kind of limited celebrations wouldn't really be happening until after five or six o'clock each of those days. So it's kind of the effective closure of hospitality when you think of it. On top of that, then, the 5 p.m. curfew um those before the 5 p.m. curfew, the attendance would be limited to, to 50%. And then they're talking about 50% for all sorts of events, indoors and outdoors. So there are fairly drastic measures being proposed because they're expecting a wave of uh, Omicron 
cases that where the proportion of them ending up in hospital and ICU would be just too high. So I see text coming in on that as well. Your thoughts are welcome. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Ladies and gentlemen, happy to say that we have the one and only artist Jason O'Gorman on the air with us this morning. He has put down his... Morning, Jason. Good morning, Neil. And How I, are you? I'm not sure whether it's a pen or whether it's a brush or whether it's some sort of computerised equipment that you had to put down to chat, but thanks for taking the time, my man. I'm not sure myself what I use. I kind of make it up every day as I go along, You, Neil, you know, so. what I, you know I, I had seen your work before, but not, not by name, not to associate a name. And then the poster of Lapsy Pa came out. You know, the one where you <laughs> took the mick out of the symptoms of coronavirus and changed it for the symptoms of Lapsy Pa. <laughs> and I sat up and I said, mother of God, this guy is talented. <laughs> so right in the middle of a pandemic, you made us laugh. <laughs> I Yeah, do you know what? I remember that one particularly. It was just, I think, I was just so sick of looking at that yellow and black and red signage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was it was just the words coronavirus with the hyphen in it. It reminded me of Lapsy Pa. And um, <laughs> now I'm I'm not even sure what Lapsy Pa is. There's a lot of different people <laughs> have different interpretations. of I don't know what to touch own. of the Lapsy Pa. What is your interpretation of it? My interpretation is it's it's somebody who's just a bit like awkward, kind of trips over themselves, <laughs> says the wrong thing at the wrong time. You know, it's just like oh god, that person has has a touch of the Lapsy Pa. That was my understanding. <laughs> <laughs> from being a young fella many years ago but yeah. a lot of people have many different interpretations yeah others are like just a kind of a bit of a God help us and another one for a lapsy yeah. pa would be somebody who's constantly <laughs> complaining about sick or unwell about something you know <laughs> yeah yeah so you must have an incredible brain I, I don't know how it actually functions to come up with prints and art like you do but where I mean you were good at drawing as a kid so do you have to be built with do you have to be born with that talent I don't know what to be honest with you um <laughs> I was incredibly good at drawing as a kid and that's how I ended up, I've been a designer for 20 something years doing graphic design yeah. and I ended up setting up my own design studio then, which led to me setting up my, the Jason O'Gorman business about three years ago. It's Cork centric, which means a bit like me, the centre of your universe or at least your artistic universe is Cork, right? It is indeed. It is indeed. Sure, we're living in the best place in the world, you know. Yeah. It's a privilege to be here. So. And where, like, where do you get the ideas from? I mean, for those that don't know, I would encourage them to look at your website uh, online, Jog, as in Jason oh, O'Gorman yes. Jog. But, like, you know, things like, you look at different areas of the city and, and, and they're so beautiful. The marina is so gorgeous, your artistic interpretation Thanks. of it. Fitzgerald's Park, um, the, the Roundy House, but things like Annie Lennox at Lennox's. I mean, do you wake up in the middle of the night with an inspiration like that, or or Homer outside KC's? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? You've actually hit the nail on the head. I do wake up in the middle of the night with ideas like that. I you can't kind of sit down at nine o'clock in the morning here and say, right, today now I'm going to come up with a great idea. It doesn't work like that. And what happens is you're sitting down watching something on TV some night and an idea will just come out of nowhere. You know, and sometimes sometimes it's a bad idea. Sometimes it's a bit of an idea and you have to uh, kind of collect ideas as you go along. And was uh, that why you watching King Kong one night then when you decided you to put Kong, King Kong hanging off Shandon, <laughs> is it? Shandon. Or were you watching I, Star Trek when you had Kirk and Scotty with Beamish up Scotty? <laughs> no, <laughs> not necessarily. I think they're the things I grew up with. You know, I grew up with King Kong. I grew up with Star Trek, Star Wars, all those kind of things. And then, then you have the stuff I'm kind of watching nowadays on TV. 
TV. So I'm always kind of looking for ways to get those into Cork. You know, you're looking at exa- where exactly would that scene, iconic movie scene, take place in Cork? You know, yeah, well, like like Jaws, is it? You're going to need a bigger like boat, like <laughs> yeah, down the port of Cork. Where else would it be? <laughs> Some of them are actually a lot are sold out. I see. Is that the pennies print? I can understand why that would be hugely popular and sold out. <laughs> yeah, they are sold out. I suppose it's coming up to Christmas now as well. So a lot of people are buying prints on the website. So I've actually been um, inundated with orders. Like I'm, I'm not used to this at all. This this whole jog thing is a new space for me. Like by by default, I'm a graphic designer, but I only set up this thing, which has really kind of exploded in the last few years. So I'm not used to. It. I'm I'm actually like a retailer now selling prints online, which is not something I'm used to. I know? never. I, I never, don't know anything yeah. about it. Yeah, well, it's amazing actually that Cork has so much to give your mind. As I said, it's a, it's clearly a love of Cork. I mean, you do say that most in- importantly, you might be an artist, you might be a designer, you might be male, um, you might be all these other things, but most importantly, you're from Cork, like. I am from Cork. I am from Cork. I mean, we're the proudest people in the world. You don't get that. You don't get that sense of pride anywhere else. You know, if you talk to somebody else up the country who's from I'm not going to say any of those counties that are not Cork, <laughs> but you know they, they don't have they don't have that like sense of self importance. There's a kind of um, there's a kind of a, a magic or a charm about being from Cork. We kind of annoy you people know? with it, I think, do we, Jason? We do, we do. I mean, like Neil, we're not perfect, but we're pretty damn close. Know, you, know? Yeah. you actually have posters and prints to prove that, don't you? About Cork being the centre, <laughs> the centre of the world, our own kind of centre of the universe. Or the centre of the universe. Is there one based on Westeros or I think yeah, something from Lord? From, uh, I from have Game a Thrones. map of Westeros as well, but again, that's me watching TV. Say, how can I carcify this? You know. <laughs> oh my god, I just think they're fantastic. I mean, they make people laugh and make people smile. You know, as they, you know, as, as well as everything else, and also having a piece of cork. I mean, Sir Henry's um, features in your uh, in your designs. Mother's Day. That's so funny because it's a Mother's Day print of mother's sayings. I mean, were these the sayings that you listened to your mother? saying when you were young they, up in up in Knocknaini you're not going out in were, that yeah exactly they were, there's a mix of all the things like when I was actually designing that poster I could just hear my mother talking to me in the background you know that's that that's her if she's on if, she, if she's listening to this now she'll kill me but <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much my mother how do you do it I mean each of those posters are quite intricate are they very time consuming some are, some aren't. Some I could do in hours and some I could do in weeks and some could take months. You know, it's um, it, it's mixed. It depends on how I do them, how I approach each one and how complicated they are. Well, the north side one, which is pretty much kind of sepia black and white, the detail is astonishing down into the cables off the telegraph poles. There's actually a guy in that print out picking up milk bottles from the, the you, front garden that yeah. were delivered. You would you would need screens and computers for that, wouldn't you? Really, like you would. Yeah, that was actually a lot of different high resolution photographs that I stitched together digitally, and I had to hand trace them, going over every wall, building, light, signpost. You know, so it, it took. I think that took a couple of months to do. Uh, there's a large version of out in Cork Airport. I think it's like a nine foot by three foot one out in the wall outside. And it's all, everything's very reasonably priced. We're doing stuff on the air at the moment, trying to find different gifts for Christmas, you know, particularly with yeah. the cork slant on it. And you're right up there, clearly, because, you know, from 15 euro to 50 euro to 60, 75 euro, it's great value. Yeah, I try, I try to do that. I mean, it's, I'm not doing original 
art. I don't call myself an artist or an illustrator. <laughs> they say I pretty much making this up as I go along, and I'm new to it. Like, is you know, as I said, I'm a designer my whole life, and I only started doing this a few years, about three years ago. Yeah, but it's just, the, the idea is so simple that all you're doing is looking around at things or or interpreting things I, differently, like taking a Carlsberg bottle and changing the word Carlsberg to Kirkig. It's just you know Kirkig, probably you the best city in the world. It's so clever. The, did I, Neil, I think the best ideas are the simplest ideas, you know. So that's where I, that's why, why I think my stuff works, you know. And do you think what, you simple. know when you when you do the art and it, it is funny and it makes people smile and it's clever and makes us very proud? Are you, are you capturing yeah. our ca- characteristics as well in that? Our personality, do you think? Possibly in some of them, um, I, I, I think so. I think so. I think I, I try to capture everything. I try to like it, it's not. How can I explain it? You know, when you just put a picture up on the wall for putting sake of putting a picture on a wall, it looks nice and colourful. I like that's great, but uh, but I love when it has a sense of of a sense of corkness, that sense of pride or personality or crack or smugness about the whole being from Cork. Everything we have, have to that. offer, yeah, yeah, we have it all uh, in exactly. our own little nucleus, if you like. You got uh, Willy we, Wonka outside Linehan's chocolate factory. You got, <laughs> you know, you got, uh, you know, the the red sauce. Um, your interpretation of Heinz, of course, is red sauce in Cork. You got Beamish flavored Yankee candles. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually cycling in past the brewery one morning, and I could smell the stuff, and I said, "Jesus, imagine they put the Yankee candles." <laughs> So that's where you come up with the ideas. <laughs> there you go. The ideas will just hit you when you're out cycling on the bike. As, and, and, as I say, it's not something that is just going to come at you at nine o'clock in the morning and say, right, today I need an idea. Never works like that. I wish it was. I wish you could just open the fridge and take out ideas. But you know, you're, so, you're so lucky because I have ideas, but I forget about them 10 minutes later unless I write them you down. you write them down. <laughs> write them down. Write everything down. I have a book there full of ideas and I'd say 99% of them are rubbish, but you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You've got a fantastic design print of um, what is um, a tablet bottle of <laughs> flat 7-up tablets. <laughs> I, look, I, again, I have my mother to thank for that. <laughs> is, your mother on, is your mother on commission for these, everything you sell? <laughs> Don't. How dare you say <laughs> she, If she's not, she should be. <laughs> she should be. I know, yeah. This is it now. This oh is it. We're it's, po- it's, it's pointless asking you about any long-term plans. You're just kind of making it up as you go along, are you? <laughs> I am pretty much making this up as I go along. Do you know, it's um, like I don't have a mission statement or a business plan. Like, you know, I have no idea where this is going. I'm just enjoying the journey. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. What if, and so what advice would you give to people, say young people or people who are thinking about, about changing their lives or their careers? You clearly had a talent that you tapped into is, is the advice to go for it nothing to lose oh Jesus I don't know but I advise anybody to do what I'm doing you see what, what, what exactly am I <laughs> no, doing not necessarily you but something <laughs> that something that they were some talent that they had that they never um, investigated or they never you know went after something that they always wanted to be it could be anything Look, this is what I've done three years ago. I just had to go off doing what I what I really wanted to do, which is just have a little bit of fun and tap into my, my own stuff. You know, the stuff I love, the stuff I love doing, and 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 that's literally blown up. It's like, and it's all relatively new to me. It's like it's like a surprise birthday party, and a thousand people have just turned up asking for a speech, and they're like, you know, hey, right, tell us all about what what you've done. And I didn't realise there was going to be a party. To be honest with you, I don't even know what we're having to dinner. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the secret. Don't take it too seriously. Just go don't, with the flow. Yeah, don't take it seriously. Go with the flow. But I mean, if anybody has ever 
has an interest in, in, in going to do something, my advice is just, just go for it, you know, because you'll never be an expert in anything you're doing. I'm still making stuff up as I go along. I'm still figuring things out, you know. But hasn't so, online been a huge boon for you, though, really? It gives you incredible access to people, doesn't it, for the works that you do? It has, it has. And I think there's been a massive shift towards people going online, especially with the pandemic over the last two years. I think uh, I think online has really um, blown up. Yeah, well, listen, people got to check out the website because I'm not doing justice to just describing them. People need to visually see ah, you're them. you're very good. I know, you're but in fairness, good. it's terrific work and it's great to have it on Side. Here I am again, big enough Cork, centre of the world, centre of the universe. So if people go online, is it uh, jog.ie? No, it's jasonogorman.ie. Okay, well, jog actually, on to that then. I actually get... like your address better. <laughs> I think I should shorten it, just make, <laughs> make it easier for people. Well, let's, Why did I think of that? Well, let's, let's say it was your mother's idea, shall we? But for, now, <laughs> <laughs> for now, it's jasonogorman.ie. Um, and literally, yes, people can flick through, order up the print, and uh, what happens then? It arrives in the post or what? It arrives in the post. Uh, we, it's myself and my my wife actually. Like to be honest, which I have to give her a mention. <laughs> uh, my wife Lillian, like if she was a car or if I was a car, like she'd be the engine. You know, she's uh, like everybody sees the car driving by, but nobody would. Uh, I wouldn't be on the road without an engine like her. Well, you'd be. So she'd be the engine fantastic. then. You'd be. She'd be the engine, and you'd be the spare she'd wheel. She'd be the engine. That's all I am. That's all I am. But I mean, we've we three kids here at home, so like the, 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 this whole. Um, Printing and getting stuff out in the post has really blown up. So ah, it's a busy fantastic. house nowadays, you know. That's fantastic. So it's fantastic. I love it. Listen. It's fantastic. So when when we get print orders in, we just kind of package them up in the post here, and uh, we bring them to the post office. And we're actually up and down now every every day at the moment. It's, Please it's tell busy. me that it's not too late for people listening now to go online and order one of your car prints. <laughs> Please say it's still okay. It's, it's not too late, but you know what? Um, the post is busy this time of year you know if anybody has left it this late like I, I can't say anything because I'm actually one of them I've everything to do <laughs> but um, just, but look, give, just give one of your own prints to all of your friends and loved ones I, uh, except yeah, for your wife the surprise don't, the spoiling the surprise <laughs> don't give one to your wife whatever you do <laughs> no I have to say though no, she's, she's amazing she enables me to be able to do what I do you know so I'm very thankful for alright what's her name uh, Lillian, that's my wife. Well name. done, Lillian, and more so to you as well, Jason. Congratulations on your terrific work. Listen, have a great Christmas. It's great to catch up. I'm in awe of your talent. You're coming from a ah, talent, from a talentless, a talentless man to a talented man. Happy Christmas! I to don't, you. I don't know about that. But listen, <laughs> thanks a million for your time. Thanks for the opportunity. Cheers, and, uh, Have a lovely Christmas yourself. Okay, take care, Jason. Jog on. All, all right, the best. Take care. All right. Bye. 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 <laughs> that's a happy memory for you actually I was just chatting with uh, Lana O'Connor earlier in the week about different Christmas songs that we play on air and she brought that song up and said nobody plays that anymore and of course it was a Christmas hit Christa Berg and a spaceman came travelling so I dug it out on, on Lana's recommendation and play it for her and all of you lines open at one 106 you can text 0868 106 just quickly on the on the basis of what's coming down the track they weren't too far out do you remember weeks ago we were talking about added restrictions that were going to come in on the 22nd of December, which would have been Wednesday. Uh, the indications are now, if the leaks are correct, that those uh, changes will come in on the 20th, which would be Monday instead. You know, this five o'clock for pubs and, and hospitality and restaurants and what have you. But somebody says to me that I'm talking through my hat. Neil, you're talking through your hat. So the vaccinated can only go into pubs and restaurants. Yeah. So why are they so worried about pubs? 
the vaccination doesn't work, wake up and smell the coffee, for God's sake. Well, I do smell the coffee every single day. Uh, and of course, the point I was making this morning was that under existing conditions with people who are vaccinated inside in pubs, vaccinated people can give COVID-19 to each other and then they can take it away and give it to others. I was suggesting that if there was an antigen test on the door, I'm not saying that it could be done, it mightn't be logistically possible, but it could be done if people had the mindset to do it, then everybody inside would neither be would neither would either be vaccinated or unvaccinated. They'd all be in there, but they'd all be negative because they just had an antigen test. That's the point I was making. Maybe that makes more sense. Anyway, back to the phone lines we go. Michelle, good morning. How are you? I'm good. A little earlier we were chatting with twenty one hours in the A and D, but your experience is completely different, is it? You were four nights there. Was that in CUH or was it all how much of that was in A and E? Um, so I went in through A&E, so I arrived in A&E on Saturday evening um, and I was mi- admitted on Sunday afternoon. Now it was, I guess, a little bit of a wee time, but I suppose what I wanted to highlight was the care and compassion, I guess, that I received throughout my stay from the minute I walked in through A&E right through to my discharge date. Yeah. Um, the doctors, the nurses, the healthcare assistants, the porters, everything, Um just nothing but caring and compassion and it is, it is manic up there it's, I guess it's organised chaos Was it manic when you were going through A&E? Well it was a Saturday night at half ten so it was pretty busy um, but just for myself I just little things that stuck out for me I guess when I went in went through triage then was sat in A&E by myself um, and this healthcare assistant came over and she said look would you like a blanket and I said no I'm fine Um but then I fell asleep and I woke up with it, with it over me and a bottle of water next to me and biscuits and things like that, you know, that I hadn't even asked for. Um, and it was only a simple little accident for myself. I broke my hand. I fell down the oh, stairs. It's not as simple. That's awful. <laughs> oh, it's painful. Oh, um, you yeah, fell down what? I fell down the stairs at home. I slipped on my son's Lego. Um, Would you? Listen, that is my greatest nightmare, particularly <laughs> when the lights are off or the lights are low. I'm going to fall over somebody's bloody I shoes. Um, I just got up to go to the bathroom and I didn't light the lights because it's there oh away from him. God. Um, and I slipped on, well, I stood on the Lego and I twisted and I fell and I broke, I fractured my humerus bone so I ended up having to get surgery as well. Um, That's very I, serious. I don't know why you're playing it down. That's very serious. <laughs> I didn't play it down at the time. I was actually quite upset and traumatised over it. But um, I guess I just wanted to highlight, you know, we're all very quick these days, I think, especially in the world of COVID, to judge things and you know, judge people and everything. I think the doctors and the nurses and all the staff up there are absolutely, they are heroes. I'm glad to hear that because it's not a criticism of the staff or the medics, it's the system. But Sarah's mother has not been seen by a doctor in 21 hours. You know, she wasn't given a bottle of water. She wasn't given the biscuits you were given. She was given nothing. Yeah, and I mean, as I say, I went through Saturday evening and obviously very, very busy time and my experience was very, very different. Like, I was speaking to a consultant at 5am on Sunday morning. Um, so my experience was different, but I, I guess I just wanted to call just to highlight yeah. my experience yeah. and the amazing staff that are up there. In particular, I mentioned to Laura as well. She's a, the receptionist in the A&E department. Um, everyone was just so kind to me. I was obviously quite upset. I, my husband and my three-year-old were at home. I was really upset about my three-year-old and, like, I was crying a lot and the nurses were like holding my hand and giving me that time you that's know? lovely that um, they give the time yeah. yeah so yeah I'm a drama queen at the best of time so so you're hobbling around now for Christmas are you 
Um, I just have one hand in use, really. Um, I'm doing intense physio at the minute, so they said it'd be another kind of six months before that I'd be kind of back to 90% use of my arm. Um, so it's, it's, it's a little bit frustrating, but look, it's fine. <laughs> well, 90, well, 90%, do you? It will, yeah, that'll do me grand. Um, <laughs> it's, um, no, it's fine. And look, again, count my blessings. You know, I fell down the stairs, I got six stitches on my forehead as well. Oh, for um, God's sake. Like, I thought you just twisted it and fell down on the landing. You actually went tumbling down the steps. Um, I fell the last kind of five steps and I, I went to grab the banister. So I twisted and landed on my left-hand side. So all the weight hit that and I hit my head off the um, skirting board. So that's where I got the stitches. You're um, lucky you didn't break your neck. Well, that's what I that's what I just count my lucky stars. I feel very, very grateful that I walked out of the hospital. You know, I was in ward 2B for four nights. And that's where I met obviously all the doctors and the nurses who are absolutely amazing, but very, very understaffed as well. You know, everybody out with COVID related issues. And um, yeah, oh, I know two, compli- two completely contrasting points of view yeah, there because just, Sarah's mother is, is sitting well, with blood on the floor around her, you know. That's yeah, just to mention as well, um, both my parents, kind of a week after I came out of hospital, they contracted COVID. Um, and my mum was fine, but my dad actually ended up in CUH as well. And he was admitted for three nights. And again, his experience was very, very like good as well. Good. Um, yeah. And yeah. it's, you know, I just think they're amazing up there. Yeah, I know. It's important to accentuate the positive. Dad as well again, I hope. He's fine. He actually was up there again yesterday feeling a little bit unwell, but he's home again. He's fine. Yeah, he just had, um, I guess he's, you know, he's double vaccinated and everything, but he just got some complications with his lungs. Um due to COVID but mm. he's on the mend and he's, he's been playing okay. for him for Christmas yeah. okay yeah. well may you all yeah. be healthy and well then uh, this time next week for sure alright Michelle thanks for the thanks call so much. appreciate Thank it take, take care, care. lines bye. open at one eight five. bye one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. You can text zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Now we'll get back to uh, all things uh, text wise. But there's a funny one here actually. Just a quick one from Anna and Toker talking about Christmas time. The most hilarious present I was ever given was when I was eleven or twelve. I'm thirty six here now. Thirty six now. I was obsessed with getting a Barbie styling head. Just the head, I suppose, is it? Barbie's head. I wanted to try out all the makeups and hairstyles. Anyway, Santa had other things in mind. And when I woke up Christmas morning, I ran downstairs all excited and opened my big present to find not the Barbie styling head, but a Goosebumps skull complete with pulsating boil. I can't even, in my mind's eye, get a picture of what there is. Goosebumps skull complete with pulsating boil. To be fair, it was actually brilliant and I spent ages doing it in different ways and have since created some fantastic Halloween costumes inspired by the skull, says Anna and Toker. But I guess you never took up hairdressing though, yeah? You might have had you got the present that you actually wanted. Uh, anyway, lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. And with Christmas in mind, I came across the most, or the lads came across the most incredible f- um, photographs of Christmas decorations on, on a on a grand scale down in Trimley League. I think actually the McSweeney's are in a competition to one to win the most Christmassy home of this year, and they've made it into the top six now at this stage, right? Uh, and can win six grand for their troubles. Anyway, Noreen joins me by phone. Noreen, good morning. Good morning, hi. There doesn't seem to be a square inch left without some sort of a decoration or a light. Oh, there is not indeed. <laughs> What's going on in the front garden there? It's incredible. Oh, there's so many figurines. Oh, this is unbelievable. 
I mean, they're all lit up. Describe what are they? Are they all standalone figures like of reindeers? Oh, and tr- they're on their own. Yeah, they're all individual figures. Yeah. Okay, I can see reindeers. Obviously, I can see lit up Christmas trees. I can see there's Santa every, sleigh. There's every kind of a thing. There's, there's dogs, there and ponies and everything. Mother of God! And where did you get all that stuff from? Well, I trail shop local as much as I can. I do. I get a lot of stuff in KCK and and I go to Henley's and Cork. I get a lot of stuff there as well. Yeah. But I'm collecting it over the years because. This is uh, where I had no 26 years. Oh, my God. I've never seen so much. I mean, there's one there with all of the reindeers, um, the reins, going back to Santi and his sleigh. Oh, that's there as well, yeah. Unbelievable. And the entire house, then, is completely <laughs> lit up. How long does it, like, how long would all of that take to put up? Well, we, we start the 1st of November and we... We've ready then for about the 5th of December to light up. Okay. And all of the trees around the garden, are they real trees or mucky oh, hours? They're all, they're all real trees, yeah. Totally lit up? Oh, all lit up, yeah. I can't imagine what kind of energy cost it's bringing in. Well, sure, look, as, as I said, we don't drink or smoke and we love, love doing this and we love helping charities and putting our money into this. And do people come to visit and take photographs and get oh, involved? Oh, they do, yeah. They do, yeah. And I tell you what, we have the same, we have an awful lot of the same um, people coming back year after year after year and uh, we're so grateful to them and I want to thank all of them and thank everyone that has donated to us. And is it any wonder that Energia are mad about you with all of the power you're using? (laughs) (laughs) I know. Or yes, maybe it would be fairly hard. You're going to be sure now. What's What's it like inside your home then? Oh, well, I do the best I can. I have a a fine big kitchen and I decorate all that and do the television room. And who does all the work as such? Oh, uh, myself do a lot of it and my daughter, we do the most of it. And there was a Romanian man around and he gave us hand to do the groundwork. And then when it comes to the high trees, my husband and uh, my (laughs) son-in-law do the high trees. They get out of the house. I mean, it's fantastic. Words wouldn't do it justice, the scale of this. You know, I wasn't going to do it this year because we were very thrown back. We had two set tragedies during the year year, and that threw us back all together. Oh, oh Anyway, uh, one of our grandsons is in heaven now and I know oh. he's looking down on us. Oh dear me, Noreen, that's so sad. Yeah. Misfortune. Yeah, yeah. And he was fantastic at the lights. Oh my God, he could come to me any time during the night. You he must miss him terribly. Yeah. Oh dear me. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you decided to plough on in his memory, well, I suppose. Well, I said I'd have to do it. I couldn't let Owen down this year. I said I'd have to go ahead and do it. Absolutely. It's yeah. absolutely and beautiful. I, I do it for ben- I'm doing it for Bantry Hospice Project. I'm doing it for them, I suppose, with the last 12 years. Because they do fantastic work, they go out and they help the poor, and they help enough that are poor people, and they have a brilliant palliative care team. And I do it for Marymount, which both 14 and 15 years as well, because uh, they're, again, they're brilliant. And do you know and when people come along, do they leave a few bob in a bucket or what? Oh, God, they do. We have two, we have two um, things, buckets up in the gate, one on each side of the... One on one side and one on the other side. I have to ask you, you know, with Storm Barra, a lot of, you said you started in November. Did any of it come down with the wind? No, thanks be to God. And we had a very bad storm here, but I know Will Owen was looking down on us that night and helped you. He was keeping them protected and standing up he and was, keeping the lights was. on. He was because he was one of the main men at the, at the lights with me. Oh, dear me. That's very yeah. sad to hear. Yeah, You'll I miss him. Be. You'll miss him awfully. At, you oh, must be at Christmas time. We'll, we'll throw him back on together. We'll never get over him. And then we're doing it for, G- for Jason this year as well because he was there on the night 
and he was fantastic. And but anyway, said was it a very was it a sad was it an accident that took him? Yeah, uh, suicide. Oh dear me, that's so tragic, Noreen. Yeah, terrible, yeah. Oh, terrible. what an awful loss to the family. Oh, a terrible loss. Oh dear me, He'll never be replaced. Oh, sure, I know. But listen, yeah. in his memory, you'll carry on. Carry on, and then we lost another great friend, the priest that was killed in Monkstown. Oh dear me, you've had a tough year of it. Yeah, yeah, oh, we had a very hard year of it. But anyway, I found it very hard to go this year and start um, decorating. But anyway, I said... I well, it was very it. brave of you. You were strong and resilient and I you got it done. I had to do it for Owen. You got it done. You got yeah, it done. And I am very honoured to be one of the six finalists. And I want to thank Energy for putting on the competition and for donating 12000 in, in um for the charities. Okay, well, listen to me. Listen to me now. In memory of Owen, right, you're in the top six in the competition and you need votes to win it outright. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing oh my if you God. could win it for in his memory? It oh, my God. I'd be so happy if oh we dear. Could get through this year because like we have such a bad year for Don, you know. I know you have. Yeah. I know you have. Yeah. And may it be and behind you. Dawn. He was my grandson, my godchild, and we loved him to bits. Uh, words fail me. That's just absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah, terrible. And you know, we have we, we love the lights because we have so many people coming in, and we a lot of people come in. Well, not during the COVID, no, or last year they all come in for a cup of tea, and we have an old drop in of whiskey, and we have the crack and the West Cork way, isn't it, Noreen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the night of the presentation, then they uh, come for their own checks. And we'd have a bit of a dance and the crack again and tea and sandwiches. And the fiddle comes oh. out or the pipes come out or the flute or the squeeze box or something. The squeeze box comes out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the corn cake and the drop of whiskey, I love and it. Christmas cake and the drop of whiskey and the porter and we have a great crack. Oh, you're the loveliest lady from the most beautiful family. Well, listen, I want everybody now to text the word HOME1 to 51500. Between now and Sunday, get it done, get you over the line, get you to win this competition in memory of Owen. That's right, yeah. And I hope they will come behind us. I hope so too, Noreen. And you know something? I'm so glad that you didn't break a 26-year tradition, in fairness to you. No, thank God I kept going. I wasn't going to do it when Owen got my own died. I said, I won't do it anymore. But I said, he would, Owen would want me to do it. Yes, and you're glad you did now. I I'm am glad, glad you did. I did it, yeah. Thanks right. to God. You're the loveliest lady. Thanks so much for taking my phone call. I wish you all well in these difficult times, all right? Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Now, all right, indeed. Noreen, mind you yourself. Okay. No. To you and all the McSweeney's and everybody in Drimmer League. So can we help that? I think it would be a wonderful achievement if we could get the McSweeney home to win the energy of most Christmassy home for 2021. Text HOME1, the number one, HOME1, to five one. 500. Let's get it done, guys. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Lovely text there sums it up. Texted somebody texted best of luck to that lovely lady's house and to the entire family. You know Noreen's house in Drimmer League. We've got those details up on Facebook now and also up on Twitter of how you can vote. And also we have the photographs of their wonderful, wonderful home. In, well, certainly the outside pictures anyway, up on Facebook and Twitter. So you can go and do that. Text the word HOME1, as in the number one, HOME1 to 51500. You have until Sunday to do it. And let's get that one over the line. Noreen said she got quite an amount of uh, her decorations and things from Hanley's of the Kinsale Road Roundabout. Actually, they have a, a fresh batch of Christmas trees and wreaths in today. So they're on the final push now for people who are still on the lookout. I actually popped in there yesterday because I was looking for holly with berries on and they have them 
hollies with berries. So if you, like me, were on the search for them, that's where you'll find them. Lines open 1-850-104-106 with Tesco. Um, uh, as well as that, don't forget, Vicky's Kitchen and Garden. That is our prize today of a bottomless brunch for six people. Bottomless brunch for six people. Food and drink. Uh, we'll open the phone lines in about just under an hour's time. But we'll take caller nine, but you've got to identify what movie this came from. Look, Daddy, teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Cheese on toast. Hi, it's Connor. Join me Sunday from 7 for Green on Red, bringing you the biggest, the best, and newest names in Irish music. Call Neil Prenderville now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Morning all. Lots of text. 0868-104-106. We were chatting yesterday, or it was come to the, came out of my brain at one stage. We were talking about food and things at Christmas time, and then we got talking about um, corned beef and cabbage, and I uh, got texts as to where you can get your hands on it. Blair's Inn in Cloronial does corned beef, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Somebody else says, what are you talking about? Uh, Corned beef and spiced beef, all very popular here in East Cork, for sure, particularly in Yall. The question that was being asked yesterday is, why do the people of West Cork not eat spiced beef? And then we got into discussions as to the best kind of stuffing. And for me, it would be potato stuffing that would be potato with thyme and chopped onion. And somebody said, add sausage meat to that. It's divine. It's what my mum-in-law used to add to pops, onion and thyme and, of course, salt and pepper. I'll take that under advisement. I like the taste of that, or at least the sound of it. I'm sure I love the taste. Our homemade stuffing is potato and breadcrumb mixed with lashings of butter, diced onion, pepper, salt and mixed spice and nutmeg. It's so good. Well, it's quite elaborate, isn't it? I'm quite sure it has a very, very um, individual kind of a taste, really, when you put all those together, as in a million miles from just basic potato with onion and, uh, and thyme. But you're throwing the whole kitchen sink in that. So some good tips. Another one or two tips as to how to get rid of guests. Not suggesting that you're going to have huge amounts of people inside in the house this Christmas time. But we were talking about how do you get rid of them. Somebody says, it's plain and simple. Why not just say, right, lads, party over. Another one here. Tell them to go home. Uh, If I invite people over to my house for a gathering, then I don't expect people to leave at a particular time. I've invited them to my house, so I'm not going to kick them out because I feel like like I feel like it and I'm bored by their company. I have children, so we don't make social gatherings often. But if I do, then I'm certainly going to make the most of it. I also offer people a place to stay if need be. If people are only inviting people around to be kicking them out again, why bother, says Gillian. So you're happy for them to stay on for breakfast, I suppose. Fair play to you. Just tell them leave, Neil. I've done it numerous times when I've had enough. I just turn around and say, right, off you go. Another one that you didn't mention yesterday, Neil, is just take out the hoover. Start hoovering. Party over. And one or two more. The simplest way would be to produce a plate of biscuits, cups of milk and sugar and a pot of tea and declare... We should have a nice cup of Barry's tea now to finish up. Merry Christmas to all, says Councillor Paddy Deneen. Go away, put on your pyjamas and ask them, did they bring theirs? As you thought they were staying the night. <laughs> Big response to that. And thank you for all of those. Many people love my chat yesterday with Breda, who's a Nari, who's now living on the south side. And it's some beautiful memories of her life and times down around Blackpool Way. I'm so loving the stories 
um, particularly Breda's. She sounds like a great character. I love the stories of Cork of old told by the old people that you use on the air. They're very special stories well done. And another one or two. I love listening to you talk to the older generations. Their memories are beautiful to hear. Sounds like a much simpler time, doesn't it? Happy Christmas to all. Take care and keep those memories flooding in, Neil. And a final one from Chris and from Moy. God bless that lovely lady and happy Christmas to her and all her family and friends. We used to duck down to Joyce's Sweet Factory from Sully's Quay. Remember when I was talking yesterday to Breda and she worked in Joyce's, the sweet shop. Chris says, we used to duck down to Joyce's Sweet Factory in Sully's Quay, sneak in and grab a few of the Peggy's legs and then we'd run back to school, the thief. But I think the sweets we were getting were for the bin anyway. You didn't mind. Kids wouldn't mind that. Broken or damaged, you ate them anyway. So lovely stories and lovely memories. Speaking of which, um, this is another one of our lovely stories um, from recently where Seamus was out and about down at Yall District Nursing Home in Gertrude. He was down in East Cork speaking to many of the lovely residents about their memories of Christmas long ago. Uh, Here's Margaret. I, I have a fairly good memory, I can remember well. And the excitement of Christmas, looking forward to Christmas and putting up the Christmas tree in, and uh, making the Christmas cake. And <coughs> we all put like, how up. early would you make the Christmas cake? Oh, God, we wouldn't make it till about six weeks before Christmas. But sure, wouldn't have matured by then, would it? <laughs> I said, we've got enough whiskey to mature. And that's exactly it, that's true. As I said, we put up the Christmas tree and uh, the lights outside and inside. And but like your first memory of Santa Claus, when when did you like? Did you go visit Santa? Or oh, I know we never visited Santa. Santa came to us. We all put up the Christmas stockings, and uh, we'd be would we go cleaning the chimney? See, <laughs> because we lived in. And they went out in the farm and the big chimney, you know, in the old house, and that had to be cleaned. To see, sort of scientific, or down the chimney. And uh, so would you rear your own turkey and your own ham like oh, the other yes. ladies and, oh, and butcher well, them? Well, I've reared everything, turkey and ham, and, and then the van would come around during the week and he'd supply us with everything we wanted, including the bar black. Christmas powder back, we'd be looking forward to it. So what sort of Christmas presents would you get from Santa? The very little we'd get, but what, <laughs> we'd, be, we'd think a lot of it. And those times, well, we'd get dolls and we'd get teddy bears and we'd get... You'd get an orange, would you? Oh, we'd get an orange, sure. <laughs> an apple and something like that, yeah. Uh, so have we lost the real meaning of Christmas? Uh, not exactly, the last of eight meaning of Christmas is all, but it is uh, just so different. Do you know, like, the, being a fan of the Boney M back in the day was like being a fan of the ABBA. You were almost half embarrassed to admit it, but I was a huge Boney M fan. That's a great Christmas number. Fabulous album way back along called Night Flight to Venus. Now, lovely chat there with Noreen McSweeney about all of the beautiful work they're doing uh, for their Christmassy home to win the energy of competition. It was very sad to hear about her lovely grandson Owen, Owen passing away this year under tragic circumstances, but we're encouraging people to get it across the line in memory of her beloved grandson Owen 
and all the wonderful work she does for Marymount and Bantry Hospital and all the fundraising. 26 years at it now. So you can do so by texting. Now, I just, I don't want to make this sound very technical, but you can't leave any space. So it's home one, no space. H-O-M-E, the number one, no space. All right. And you text that home one to 51500. Make sure to put no space between the home and the one. It doesn't work if you do. It'll be a wasted vote. So home and the number one together. And we get Noreen or her husband and all the family to win Ireland's most Christmassy house inside and out in memory of her beloved son, grandson, Owen. So let's make that happen. A little bit of housekeeping across just ahead of the break. If you just forgive me for a second because I get backed up with a lot of things that are happening for Christmas time. Today, the Red Patrollers are joining the main man, Santa Claus, for Santa's drive-by in Cove today. So Santa and the fleet of emergency service vehicles will be travelling through the town between 6 and 7 this evening, spreading Christmas cheer and raising funds for Cove, Red Cross and Cove Hospital. If you're in the area... The boys and girls will see Santa and the Red FM Jeeps, ambulances, bumblance, guarded cars, fire engines, trucks and tractors and lots of fun. So that's in Cove today. Meanwhile, Friends of Cove Hospital are having a Christmas jumper day today in Cove and many of the schools and businesses have taken part and they're raising funds for the local voluntary hospital. So good luck to you all there with that one, with the uh, Christmas jumper day. A lot of people do that. I saw a fellow in traffic this morning with a, a Santa hat on him. <laughs> He's obviously going to work for maybe Chris Kringle or something today. Please give a shout out to everybody in Bantry and ask them to support Kate Manning. She's 13 years of age. She's busking for breast cancer tomorrow in Bantry from 10 in the morning to 3 p.m. If you're down there, keep an eye out. Give a couple of bob to Kate. This is her third Christmas busking for charities. So please, mum, please, Anil, give it a mention if you can. And that's from her mum, Diane. Good luck tomorrow with the busking. Raise huge money. Well done, Kate. And just one or two more. Uh, do, do you remember I was mentioning, um, uh, somebody was asking me about a quilt um, that we had made from the clothes of my late mother-in-law, the great Kitty Lennon. It was um, my daughter and my sister-in-law, my wife's sister, who made that beautiful quilt and gave it to my wife then at Christmas time. Many people are asking, where could you get one of those done? And I don't know of any kind of go-to place, but somebody did tell me by email, Caroline, my sister is doing memory keepsakes by Mary. She does teddy bears and she does blankets. Um, if anybody wants to get in touch with her, she can do memory keepsakes by Mary, all one word, memory keepsakes by Mary at gmail.com. I pass it on. Perhaps she might be in the position to do one of the quilts. Not 100% sure, but if you don't ask, you'll never know. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Happy Christmas, everybody. We have our last bunch of shout-outs in about 10 minutes' time. It's a free food Friday for Oak Fire Pizza. If you're buying pizza at the weekend, Oak Fire Pizza, real wood-fired pizza in Clonakilty, Bandon, Princess Street, Galabi Street, and Douglas Village. Even saying the word pizza makes you hungry, doesn't it? So we'll have one more bunch of shout-outs in about 15 minutes' time. Text who you are and where you are to 0868 104, 106. Helen, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Do you really now expect me to believe this story, honestly? Well, I don't mind. You can believe it. If you're not. It did happen. It's 100%. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, on that basis, I won't ask you to take a lie detector test because it sounds okay. like the most, ris- it's the daftest thing your husband oh, did. Yeah. But the well, back, the back anyway. is he, well, he must be to do what he did. So the original yeah. backstory was he bought you what for Christmas? No, oh, sorry, it was my husband's Your husband's parents, parents yeah, they bought yeah. him, yeah, yeah. yeah they bought sorry. him, like, going, I'm going back 50 plus years ago now, yeah. it's a long time, like, which that time everything was very expensive, like, you know, <laughs> so they bought him this beautiful 
Christmas. And I'd imagine, no, I just missed that because I've got a problem with call waiting. It was a, a rocking horse, wasn't it? A rocking horse, a beautiful rocking horse. And yeah, 50 years ago, the chances are that that could well have been handmade. Uh, no, it probably was. Especially going back that time years ago. They spent big money on it. Obviously, they must have had anyway. But the next thing anyway, um, I don't know what he delighted with the horse or what way was it anyway. So he decided he'd actually go out with curiosity more than anything else and decide, you know, was looking to see what was actually inside in this horse. <laughs> so, <laughs> How old was he, incidentally? Um, he thinks he was about three. Three? Three. Yeah, about three or four, maybe. Okay. But he was very curious, like, so... He went off out to the shed anyway, and his father had, if you know what they're called, they're a bow saw. Bow saws, yeah. Big, a like, saw. it looks like the bow and arrow saw, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, so he decided to get his hands on that anyway. So what did he do anyway on it? <laughs> he went and he cut the head off the rocking horse. This now was Christmas morning after getting the rocking horse. <laughs> I just have a picture of a three-year-old who should be nowhere near a bow saw. No. <laughs> <laughs> So, to discover actually what was inside in the rocking horse was only straw. <laughs> <laughs> so, the best, the only thing he can remember actually, well, he remembers some of it, but what he actually does remember is the biggest kick he got up the arse after. <laughs> I think he was lucky enough to get away with the kick up the arse. Oh, yeah. Like, another time, like, he got, like, he probably killed me now for this, like, but he got a cowboy suit. And, you know, when you get the cowboy suit, you get the hat, you get the waistcoat and the guns and holsters. And, that works. Um, yeah, he goes, we was all out with the walk and the whole lot. And off out, he goes up, like, there's a forestry up there, and he up the forestry with his gun and holster, thinking he was John Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> That's acceptable, though. You put on a cowboy um, costume, then you have to get into the part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what yeah, did yeah. he like? What did he expect to find inside the neck of the rocky I horse? I actually like, don't did, know. What did he think it was a pinata? One of them things that you open it up and there's all sweets or something. Did he think it was a pinata or something? Do you <laughs> think it was stuffed yeah, with sweets or yeah. money or something like that? Yeah, yeah. I pre- were there guts like, in there? Maybe our blood would come out. <laughs> Jesus, I don't, no, no, it wasn't the real horse anyway. You have no <laughs> idea what happened to the headless horse after that, do you? Um, I don't know, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then, like, another thing that relates to Christmas, now, he probably killed me now again, like, his, his father, year, like, must have been around the same time, but a few years on, he bought um, a brand new Honda 50. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, the curiosity of my husband now again, like, he was looking at it, and, you know, you have a white fairing in the front of it. The what? The white little fairing kind of thing on the front of a Honda 50. What's a fairing when it's at home? Not a fairing, you know, the white part around the front of a Honda 50. Okay. The white plastic part. Okay. So, of course, he decided to get out his knife again or his saw and he cut the fairing off the front of it because it didn't look nice. <laughs> what in the name of God attracted you to that man? I don't know. I actually wake up some mornings and looking to make sure I still have my hands and my legs. Like <laughs> He doesn't go around your home cutting things up or investigating well, behind Paul. He doesn't take a, take a kind of a lump hammer to a wall or anything, no? Um, well, he would like. It's frustration, maybe he would like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mother of God. Where do you live? Uh, in Ballincorrig, in Lisgool. In Lisgool. And did you meet in Lisgool? Are you both native of the area? Uh, no, I would be originally from outside Midland, Ballinacora. Right, okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, isn't he lucky, like with the bow saw at three years of age, he cut oh, his hand, that he didn't cut his little hand off? Not at all, not at all. He'd be safe enough that way. I know, woman. <laughs> no, he, he was three. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I suppose, yeah. Well, I suppose the booze and the arse is more worse than That's right. pushing off the hip. <laughs> I love it, I love it. Great story. Thanks so much, Helen, for sharing okay. it. Cheers. Not about it. Thank you. Bye. That isn't Bye. necessarily one of Cork's worst Christmas presents, nor best, but it's just one of those peculiar stories related to Christmas presents, I suppose. I love it. Anyway, to the phone lines we go. Vivian. Hi, Neil. How are you? Thanks so much for holding. So, happy Christmas. And you too, many happy returns. We were talking during the le- week about Christmas gifts. And of course, poor old Robert is tearing his hair out, whatever he's left, trying to think of a Christmas gift for his wife. So I hope we <laughs> helped him there. So what have you got for me? My husband gave me I, I, probably one of the worst. I got tea towels when we first got <laughs> engaged. He, our first Christmas together, he decided um, two tea towels was appropriate. He must have um, led a very sheltered life, did he? <laughs> <laughs> no, like I, I know where he was coming from. One of them had like the Irish blessing on it, so the one made the road made rise the road rise up to meet you, and you're yeah, in bed before the, the devil gets you. Be at your back, but there's a part at, towards the end. Then it says, "Until we meet again, may God hold you." And I was like, "Where are you going? You've just proposed to me. Is this your way of dumping me now?" <laughs> <laughs> he got that. <laughs> in a, he got that in a pound shop, you know. I know. I know. Yeah. The other one then was the, it had the marriage as a relationship where one person is always right and the other is the husband. But <laughs> I like on one that. hand he was dumping me and the other hand he was telling me that, yeah, I'll always be right, it's okay, he's, he's, he knows what he's signing up for. So he likes to buy you presents that have little messages on them, full stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's, Joe, I think he just, maybe he just wants to give me a laugh. Did he get better in time though? No, no, he got worse. So he's, he's not allowed to buy presents anymore. When... When I had my my second child, he gave me a big fleecy old man's woolly jumper and woolly socks. Why? Why did he think that was a good idea? Apparently, I was cold. I don't know. Ah, well, that's very thoughtful then. Protect me, maybe. I don't know. No, that's very thoughtful. (laughs) He was thinking of you being cold or chilled, and he said, "Well." I yeah. need to help her and she got woolly socks and she got an woolly old man's socks, fleece. An old man's fleece. Uh, there was no women's section apparently in the shop <laughs> he was into. So have you changed the rules now where you buy your own gifts for yourself and bill him, is it? I I buy all my own presents now. Right now under the Christmas tree I do the little face masks that you get in the pharmacy, the, the singular ones. I wrap them up now and they're there from the kids. <laughs> I have to buy the kids' presents too. Face masks? <laughs> face masks. For Christmas? Yeah. From who to who? From the children to mommy. <laughs> <laughs> Could you not have come up with something a bit more interesting? <laughs> not sort of like, lots of points I've given up. <laughs> I just accept his, his main gift to me every year is his friendship and the laughter. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> you were talking earlier on about somebody getting a kick up the arse. Your husband needs a kick up the arse. <laughs> <laughs> or you're very, you're very patient. One or the other. Very patient. <laughs> yeah. I can't beat the thawing the. That's the yeah. Horse. That's a that's, that's a new one on me. A three year old with a ball saw for sure. It is. Thanks, Vivian. I want to stay Thank with clothing related matters. Things you should not give for Christmas. Of course, do not give socks. Do not give a scarf. Um, probably don't give tea towels if they're even embroidered with an old Irish saying on them. And good morning. Good morning, Neil. So the awful disappointment then. Clearly, this is Christmas morning, is it? It is, yeah. How old were you? I I was, I think I was seven or eight, Neil, but it's amazing. I was so disappointed that I'm I'm nearly 60 now. Not a Christmas has gone by that I haven't remembered. um, The scarring as a seven-year-old. Yeah, opening this beautiful wrapping paper and finding a, a scarf and gloves. They were kind of like a tang. Uh, they weren't even nice colour. Um, 
and every year we would have got something really expensive from um, this cousin of my mother's because he was quite wealthy and for some reason this Christmas I got this no they were probably expensive but um, it was huge huge disappointment was it like a wealthy a wealthy uncle or something was it yeah 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 but he wasn't wealthy enough to stretch beyond gloves and a scarf <laughs> no not that sure Oh no, that no, but but at least it wasn't your main present anyway. Mammy and Daddy no, would never no, do something no, like that. No, 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 yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. And you also had a memory of yourself because when you're a child, of course, you have very little money and even less sense. What were you buying? When when I can remember as a, a child, I'd say probably be around eleven or twelve, saving up the few little pennies I would have left for my pocket money and going up to the chemist and buying the dandruff shampoo my father used to use. Oh, is that like head and shoulders, and was it? I was just so proud coming home with uh, this gift from my father. Um, I just thought it was just absolutely fantastic. Dandruff shampoo, did you wrap it dandruff up? Dandruff shampoo, I did, yeah. But I, as a child, I, I really thought I was doing something wonderful. You but know? you were just, doing something wonderful through the eyes of a child, and I bet he yeah. I bet he appreciated it too. Yeah, yeah, no, but I can still remember being so proud buying this dandruff shampoo for my father. Um, so, I mean, they're lovely memories. But that's pure, you know, that's pure love, though. Buying yeah. your dad because you were observing him in his life and as he went around the house or whatever and you did something that you thought would make him happy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you did make him happy, you know, little yeah. specks on his suit. Yeah. I think the the actual the biggest kick we we ever got um from Christmas presents, um I never um my husband never bought me um presents. I always bought my own if it was safer and would wrap them. Oh, stop. Um, That's so sad. And, <laughs> I, do you know, I Why would you bother wrapping them? Like, you were just going on wrap them again. You see, for, in front of the children, Neil, you right. have to give me something and I'd have to give him something. All right, yeah. Um, yeah okay. And I suppose I'm not materialistic, you know, and it, it never bothered me um, what I got. Um, but one year, I forgot to buy myself something. Um, it would always be something small anyway. And I forgot to buy him something. Oh, dear me. So I was in a complete state of panic uh, Christmas Eve. But I had bought angel cards in a charity shop for a euro. So I wrapped them for myself. And two days previously, we'd done our shopping and Duns, And he'd bought uh, a Mac 3 Gillette. Um, you know those razors oh there's so great shaving of those blades yeah for him so Christmas morning anyway the kids uh, now at this stage they weren't small anymore <laughs> they um, they were in their 20s and uh, we were exchanging gifts so I handed my husband his uh, his lovely razor and he turned around and he said I searched the house for that <laughs> Uh, yesterday he said I couldn't find it he said oh my god he said I bought that myself (laughs) so I opened mine I said well at least it wasn't one door for a child Uh, you need to make more of an effort (laughs) (laughs) the the kids you know they were stitches they 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 were laughing about it for the whole well I can tell you one thing the best thing you can give a man who hasn't got blades are blades 
Absolutely, yeah. because when you run out, you run out and there's nothing you can do about it. You end up using the old one and it wrecks your skin. So that was a good gift. Is your, are you, is your husband still alive? I mean, are you still buying each other gifts? No, need he actually. He actually passed away this March. Oh, and yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. So, sorry. no, not this year. Sorry. No. So, so sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Christmas is a very yeah. difficult time, isn't it? When when you lose a loved one, the first few years, you never get over it, really. So, I'm quite sure that you're finding it tough, you know. No, I lost my son last year and. My husband this year and my mother just died actually uh, four weeks ago. So, so much tragedy. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to be a nice Christmas meal, but you know we've fabulous memories. Um, Christmas has been always was just a, a real family occasion. I know, for all of us. I know, and you have kind of lovely memories too. You know, we may yeah. laugh about them. You know, the things like yeah. the shampoo and the shaving blades and the gloves and the scarves and stuff. But they're beautiful memories, you know, and here yeah. you are, in in spite of such tragedy in the last 12 months or so, sharing them, you know, it's not an yeah. easy thing to do. And, and you know, it's the small things I think have, has made Christmas for us, you know, it's not expensive gifts, it's, you know, spending, it's the, the routine we had, you know. Um, you can't buy or bottle that like you just can't no, you know? no, no. And, and you're I, probably realising that now having lost yeah, people who are yeah. so close to you that yeah. the commercialism the money the running around and the racing we yeah. remember none of that no 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 it's, it's spending time together and um, being there for each other and you know Christmas Eve we used to go to my mother's because she was infirm and my two kids would come their partners their children, we'd have Chinese because we couldn't go out anymore Christmas Eve for something to eat and bring her, you know. Yeah, and, um, yeah. We'd exchange gifts there and we used to go to my brother's then Christmas Day and my mother would come as well and, you know, it was lovely, the whole family together and, you know, we'll still do that now Christmas uh, Christmas Day, we'll go to my brother's and... And who's the um, we, who'll be in the house with you for Christmas Day? Well, I'll uh, I'll probably stay in my daughter's now Christmas Eve night and then uh, my daughter, her husband and child and my son's uh, daughter would go to my brother's for Christmas Day. So uh, there'll be three missing this year, Neil, so it'll it'll be a different Christmas. Three missing and and missed by so many. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Listen, a happy Christmas to you, if that's the right thing to say, but a peaceful Christmas, and um, at least you have some beautiful, beautiful memories, and uh, yeah. and you can think of them very specially over the Christmas time. Yeah. Thanks, Neil. Look after yourself, Anne. You too, Neil. Take Thank care. You. Cheers. Bye. 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 It's open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. You can text 0868104106. It's amazing. On a couple of occasions this morning, you're chatting away with somebody, and then you find that there's been terrible tragedy and trauma and loss in their lives. And at Christmas time, it's extra difficult. So to everybody that is struggling this Christmas time, let's all have a special moment for them and think of them at a difficult time of the year for them. Um, lines are open, as I say. Uh, we have one more bunch of shout-outs to do for our Free Food Friday. We have more calls on the way. I'll just have a, just a quick word with Pat, if you don't mind, just ahead of the ad break, because he's been waiting. Pat, good morning. 
Neil, how are you? How I'm you well, I'm well. So we were talking about... Me, I, oh God almighty. Yeah, the presence thing there. I was laughing at my own one and then listening to... I know, and then... Almighty, that break I'm poor Anne. Yeah, absolutely. There was a husband and a son. And, Mo- and Noreen earlier on... Yeah, I know, but Noreen earlier on down in Drimmer League with the loss of her grandson. And it's just so sad, you know? And, and, and I, know, I think you'd agree that, that but the presents matter nothing. The running around, the racing... They don't really do they, when you, you know, think the, about it, that. So like we, it's the time that you get to spend with people that's most important, isn't it? Because when they're gone, that's what you miss, is the person. I know, and here's them. me laughing before um, the whatever started going, that's the present. I know, I appreciate that. It's and good. I started going, then, oh my God. No, no, it's good of you to acknowledge that. But <laughs> anyway, listen, you're entitled to your couple of words all the same. And um, did it involve a bottle of Coco Chanel number no. five? Yeah, it did. <laughs> Um, what it was was um, it was as you as we said, no exchanging Christmas gifts and stuff like that. And um, I opened this present. It was a it was a Spanish girl that I was going with at the time, and I got a bottle. Uh, the present was a bottle of Coco Chanel and a, a spa day for one. And I'm sort of looking at the presents, going right. I I don't go to spas, and what am I? And I said, well, what am I going to do with this? And her words to me were, well, I got the bottle of Coco Chanel because you know you like me to smell good. And she said, the spa day is so that I can look after myself and look good for you. Wait a second. She gave you a gift, two gifts to give back to her. She got two gifts for me that was that was going to improve my life, that she'd look better and smell better. No, that meant you had to give her the bottle of perfume and send her to the spa. What's in it for you? Yeah, but... There was nothing in that for me. <laughs> <laughs> Except I got to, to, as she said, but won't I smell lovely for you? I suppose she's right in that regard. Uh, did you have a long yeah, and lasting relationship? Or, did you have a long and lasting <laughs> relationship with her? Not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> but she was one of these people that if we were walking around Madrid now or something like that, and you know we say, you, you, you travel a lot as well. And you know when you're one not of travelling anymore. Like That's it. me and travel is finished. No more. Forget you about it. You and travel is finished. <laughs> Forget about it. But um, do you know when you see who you want to sit down and have a coffee somewhere and uh, you want to watch people just going by in different cities that you go to around Europe or whatever like that. Yeah, yeah? absolutely. But she was another one of these people like that. She wouldn't have a coffee for the simple reason that why would I sit down and have a coffee here when I have coffee at a week and have coffee at home free? Boring. Yeah, that's what I mean. So boring and... Very boring. She won't even rise to the price of a cup of coffee. She won't rise to the price of a cup of coffee and she buys you gifts. She was an accountant as well. No, for sure. For herself. That explains it. Yeah. You need to say no more. There you go. And that was it. Happy Christmas, Pat. Cheers, Pat. It was a fantastic year. Thanks so much. Look after yourself. Cheers. Take care. Happy Christmas, Neil. Back after the break. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. Right, Jimmy, you last bunch of shout-outs for our free food Friday in association with Oak Fire Pizza. A request as well, Marin. It's my mam Caroline's birthday today. We'd love the pizza to celebrate. It gives her a night off from cooking. And what better way to celebrate than a pizza party with the kids and grandkids. Morning also to everybody at Little Hands Child Care on Redemption Road in Blackpool. To everybody in the uh, St. Vincent de Paul shop in Holly Hill. Uh, to my wife. Uh, Karen and all of the staff and volunteers working hard sorting donations morning to everybody at Kelleher's Electrical Tremor Road they're starving and dying for some food and they all love pizza uh, everybody at Little Island Dental Surgery TLC Unlimited Child Care and Blarney are listening SOS Recovery and Bar- Blarney they've got 12 hungry hounds the Animal Care Hospital in Douglas are on board morning Amy to everybody at Lens Life on Dublin Hill River Lane Bar and Social Club on Blarney Street Bandon Golf Course on the Castle Road in Bandon Focus Ireland team are also listening 
this morning helping the homeless all year round to everybody at the parts department at Daft Trucks in Cork they're all Daft there Beaches Farms and Formoy are listening good morning to you all at GBQ Masonry in Mayfield to everybody listening at Essentra Packaging and Ovens to Barnardo's Better Days in Knocknahini and all of the team at Area Carpet and Floors in Lehenamore sorry lads I can't do any more shout outs than that we'll pick a winner in the next few minutes but just ahead of that and lots more to do we've got our f- fifth and final giveaway right now courtesy of ourselves in the Blue Haven collection and all week long we've given away overnight stays at the Blue Haven stays at the Old Bank Townhouse vouchers for 100 euro and we've had many many winners every day today one winner and you will win a bottomless brunch for six people to enjoy a bottomless brunch in the sheltered wall gardens of Vicky's in Sunday as well so we're talking about caller 9 now on 1850-104-106 but you must be able to identify what film this clip came from look daddy teacher says every time a bell rings an angel gets his wings Get Dolly now, 1850-104-106. Meanwhile, Kira Evans is out and about. She's got a very important job to do today in association with Hurley He Centres on Oliver Plunkett Street, Grand Parade and Patrick Street. There's a battle going on between the shops today by all accounts. Kira, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Good. This is a Christmas jumper battle, battle, I think, is it? Oh, it's more than a Christmas jumper battle. It's the most festive store, and all of the staff are decked out in their Christmas jumpers. But as well as that, they've got the baubles out, the garlands. They have gone to town on the decorations in their centre stores here in the city centre. They're very competitive, and it's all for a good cause, is it? It is. It's for the Cork Simon community. So there's lots of kids going off to schools today in their Christmas jumpers, raising funds for the charity. And, uh, oh, there's fierce competition here. Last year, they raised 2,000 euro between the three stores in the city centre. And they're hoping to surpass that this year. And they're going to have collection buckets at all of their stores. They're going to have some entertainment for customers. And uh, the very important mince pies as well, Neil. Oh, that's happening across the afternoon, isn't it? I think you've got D- a DJ playing, you got mince pies for customers, so they'll soak up the Christmas spirit. Are you being arrested there? Uh, yeah, I know. I, I tried to run off with all the mince pies for Christmas <laughs> decorations, and uh, Kevin was having none of it. He, <laughs> he called the guys. And do you have to judge which store wins, whether it's Oliver Blunkett Street, Grand Parade, or Patrick Street? I do. I have a tough task on my hands because they've gone all out. Like, I mean, they, there is fierce competition here. I, I definitely be running away. <laughs> Better you <laughs> than me. Winner. Better you than me. Last year they beat. Two, they made two grand for Simon. They hope to outdo that today, don't they? They do. They yeah. really are hoping to do that. They're asking people to to dig deep and throw a few bob into the collection bucket at uh, one of the three stores. And there's there shops across uh, North Cork are taking part as well in the Christmas jumper day. They have collection bucket there. If you can't make it, all right. The city. Well done. I think the guard of car has, aw- has arrived. You're in court this afternoon. <laughs> Thanks for taking <laughs> the call. Cheers, Kira Evans, who will pick one of the stores of the three at some stage later today for the best shop competition. Well done to everybody at Harleys and everybody at Simon. And of course, are very grateful. Okay, free food Friday winner for this week. So this will feed, it'll feed fifteen of you. If there's not enough, or there's more than enough. Share it with other businesses around you. What we got here, Chris from um, Chris here. All of us here at Kelleher's Electrical on the Tremor Road. We are dying for free food Friday pizza, please. Uh, our hours were all short staffed today, and we'll. Rep- I'm not quite sure what that means. I mean, maybe people have taken an early break or whatever. But call them in, those that aren't working, get them into work because the Kelleher's Electrical on the Tremor Road wins our Free Food Friday 
It'll feed up to 15 of you with pizzas and all of the sides. So congratulations on that one. Um, I'm going to get uh, a hamper. Uh, sorry, I'm going to get um, a turkey, a ham and a spiced beef sorted from our McCarthy's um, butchers of uh, Hawks Road and uh, Churchfield. Grunabar, I should say. And we're going to give it to Anne, who sadly lost her husband in March this year and her beloved son last year. And her mother also passed away this year. Um, and she's thinking of them and we're thinking of her. So I'm going to organise them. Um, one of my turkey, hams and spice bees for her. And the last of those will go on Monday. And I think we've got some fantastic hampers also to give away next week for the English market. So that's going to be a lot of fun as well. Meanwhile, with regards to Vicky's in Sunday as well, a bottomless brunch for six people to enjoy. Caller 9, correct, correctly identifying It's a Wonderful Life, A Wonderful Life, the movie, is Kay O'Donnell. And she has won bottomless brunch for herself and five of her friends in Vicky's. At a time of your choosing, you don't have far to go to get there, Kay. Just roll down the hill from your home in Farnry down to Sunday as well and enjoy it. And perhaps you might roll back up again. Back after the break, just to wrap up. Hang in there. Back after these. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 1851 Red FM. I feel for your pal. I got a text in here saying tested positive on Wednesday, Neil. That means that Christmas Day is included in my isolation. Our first Christmas with our six-month-old and I'll be stuck in a bedroom feeling like I've got a really bad man flu. Stay safe, people. All right. Well, I don't know. You've obviously done the maths on that, but the maths, if you tested positive on Wednesday, should allow you free for Christmas Day, I think. When I do the maths, I think I'm right there. Hope I'm right. It was never great at sums, but it's 10 days and I think you just about squeak it. Anyway, finally now, very, very special request from my father-in-law, Jimmy Barrett from Black Rock, who's 97 years old and he celebrates his birthday today. Doesn't say who it's from, but happy birthday to Jimmy Barrett. Fair play to you, 97. Gonna love you and leave you. The great Jennifer Clark, Cork's own Jennifer Clark, has a new song out. Want to play out on that because it's always important to support Cork talent. This is just for the company. Isn't that something else? If Carlsberg did voices, I suppose. Jennifer Clark, just for the company. I'm picking up the Nashville. You can tell that she's spending time in Nashville these days. That is terrific, just for the company. Final word for you, and it's a big shout-out for everybody working at the Examiner Group. That would be the Irish Examiner. And the Echo, they're holding a virtual Christmas jumper day today. It's virtual. In the virtual world we live in, and it's an aid of Cork Simon. So far, they've raised more than two thousand euro. All of the donations coming from staff members. So well done to all concerned. I wish you more time, but I'm out. So have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.